Who do you think would win in a fight between you and Baby Yoda? Me. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and most importantly, Star Wars fans. Welcome to our third episode of Pop Culture Shock, a podcast hosted by the Bash Club where students talk about the culture that really matters, pop culture. Our episode today pertains to Jawas, autism, and bounty hunting. We're discussing the second, third, and fourth episodes of The Mandalorian, the series premiered November 12th of last year, directed by Dave Filoni. Returning for this episode is hardcore Star Wars fan, legend, uh, Pavel... <laughs> <laughs> I misread that, Pavel. You know, I do this. I make this mistake every time. Just introduce yourself, starting from left to the right. Frick. Hi, I'm, <laughs> hi, I'm Larissa Sotinko. Hi, I'm Pavel Sotinko. Hi, I'm Ellis Pale. And this Not is spoiler territory, so prepare yourself. As for my first question, so episode two is the first episode where Baby Yoda, or the child, had an active role. What, what are your thoughts on Baby Yoda in episode two? He definitely didn't feel forced. He felt like a very, <laughs> a very good character. His character felt very well implemented. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't really have any issues with it, and it was a, a... Realistically speaking, every Star Wars anything has like that one character that everybody attaches to. In this case, it was Baby Yoda. So, mm-hmm. I agree with Pavel. For me, I kind of automatically assumed he was going to be force sensitive because you can't have star wars mm. without someone being force sensitive at some point during the timeline at least yeah or being a frog or even being a frog <laughs> or even being yeah. frogs like baby yoda <laughs> yeah. he ate like he kept eating uh, frogs i don't think it's cannibalism no. I, how is it unless yoda's like a genetically frog or genetically, genetically frog, frog. <laughs> some type of frog i don't think it would be cannibalism yeah. i agree yeah. <laughs> he doesn't I don't know, I watched for entertainment. No, I thought it was good, and story-wise, it was cohesive, so, you know. Mm-hmm. Very cohesive. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> was Baby Yoda remain cute on rewatches? Yeah. I mean, like, 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 I mean, I think we'll, I think the thing will always be cute, yeah, you can't just yeah. like you can't just take it away and it's yeah, like, that's no. like that's like that's like oh, you, you get you get you adopt a dog, then you wake up the next morning like Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> it's so mean. Oh like the initial cuteness will still be there, but for me it's like it's still Baby Yoda. He's still cute. Yeah, mm. I agree. Do you think the producers were intending to make Baby Yoda like a meme? You think that was like purposeful? Like I feel like some companies have been doing, it, especially Disney, have been trying to make internet like sensations out of every all of their media what um, do you think? for me or for disney i think they made him more for selling merchandise more than anything mm. that's the absolute truth because once people see baby yoda they're going to be like oh he's pretty cute <laughs> i kind of want that plushie now Did somebody say toys r us deals or toys r us yeah like my mom already bought me a pop socket with baby yoda on it yeah um, yeah so you know yeah, build a, build, a, build a bear workshop with the twenty dollars oh, yeah. baby Yoda. And my yeah, friend wants to buy it. Like, yeah, it's totally, it's totally working. Yeah, so it's, wait, it's working. Now I'm kind of wondering. I'm kind of wondering how far they're willing to take that to be around this They're going. Well, they're they're going to beat way. it into the ground because they're a company and they want money. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, don't don't sue me. Just they can't sue you for having an opinion. I, I, <laughs> I can try. <laughs> Free speech is still in the amendments. You know. Uh, <laughs> Lord. 2020, please. Uh, does Baby Yoda in the first uh, two, ep- well, 
those three episodes. Does he ever get annoying or grating? Anyway, not really. He wasn't like a constant like. He wasn't like a really a bother because he didn't really say or do much like as yeah. the way of like what he did. Most of it was for com comedic relief, but at the same time, it was mm. kind of like you know, didn't feel forced like. Like a lot of characters, like I feel like sometimes they'll interject themselves into like a, a scene and it gets a little annoying. But then like with Baby Yoda, it was kind of just like he was gonna follow the Mandalorian anyway, so kind of makes sense. I feel like the comedy uh, isn't as I don't know how to explain like the comedy in the new trilogy, like a sequel trilogy, other than like very Marvel esque. I, yeah. feel, I feel like it's trying to follow that trend, whereas. The comedy in the Mandalorian actually feels kind of old trilogy, like as mm -hmm. the original. Wait. It does, it does, because like I feel <clears throat> I do agree with that, like because that was like a whole thing that people were talking about when it came to the uh, sequels and stuff. Because with the sequels, like this was like after uh, Marvel had become super successful and Disney was mm. like, yeah, we want more of that, so let's just make them. They effectively like, yeah, let's make Marvel clones. Mm -hmm. So they basically tried to force what they thought made Marvel funny into Star Wars, which isn't honestly really how you would do something like that, because Star Wars is a completely <clears throat> different entity compared to Marvel, or yeah. Marvel, or just like superheroes are different from the space epic that is Star Wars. Like, realistically speaking, yeah. I don't think Star Wars is inherently stupid. I think it's cool. And like, the whole thing is like, the reason that they're allowed to make fun, like Marvel does what they do with their characters, is because they believe that, oh yeah, we, we'll admit that the superhero you know guy flying around in tidy whities is is a little funny <laughs> so, like, and, they, and that's what and that's what marvel's good at because it, it, it is true effectively you know it's kind of funny to think of a guy dressed like say as a say as a bat just mm -hmm. you know running around crime ran, running around a city beating people up imagine making like a trilogy of that that would be so odd <clears throat> that'd be absolutely yeah. wild just to see a depressed old man wander, run around in a onesie i haven't seen that before yeah i think it would be a really <laughs> cool movie i think i'd call it the dark knight It'd i be... would agree with you i would probably name this the first one batman begins i don't know why just a hunch mm -hmm. yeah. it'd be even cooler if he came back and like broke his one rule like 10 years later like you know directed by a new director and all that'd be really cool yeah, yeah. okay so hear me out so what if <laughs> this, this guy is gonna fight this other guy that wears blue and red tidy whities Ooh, ooh. Yeah, yeah yeah so yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. But what's the blue and red guy got yeah. I think he can fly. Mm. Oh, okay. Alright, we're, we're running this joke. What if Ellis wasn't in on the joke? He was like genuinely kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, guys, this isn't a joke. I'm being serious. Yeah, like, yeah we could make millions off of this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna say something. He's such complex characters. And speaking of complex characters, uh, Mando himself becomes like really unique with his saving of uh, the child, Baby Yoda, in. Uh, well, episode two and like, episode three. If you do. So, what are your thoughts? Spoilers! On <laughs> Spoilers! I said that. You said that in the beginning. No, for episode three. Yeah, we said. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, whatever. So, I, I do agree that there's like, some parts of it where it was like, yeah, he he definitely doesn't seem to turn out as a normal like goody two shoes or whatever. And I definitely think that was very much uh, explored. And I think it was what is it, episode. Episode two or three. Two. Because, no way, uh, no. Because he starts later on. In this because game. unlike three. unlike a Jedi, maybe I don't know. I, I don't know. It's, regardless, yeah. Unlike a Jedi who would have just like, for those who don't remember, um, the Jawas took apart his ship, mm -hmm. and tracked him down. But like, unlike a Jedi who would have just asked nicely for his parts back, he just starts blasting at him. 
which is, you know, <laughs> a reaction that a normal person would have. And I mean, at the end of the day, you can't really blame him, but at the same time, it's kind of like, you know, mm. that's not exactly something that a good character, like a, a not, not good as in like, whether or not they, they get played well, or like they, they have a good story, but like, they are a good person. Mm -hmm. Just it feels a lot more like that's how I would have reacted if I saw my spaceship that I'm <laughs> sure I probably worked up my entire life for. Just you know, got stripped apart by these guys. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, the whole like opening of episode two was pretty wild. Like it, go, uh, the ship being like torn apart. Well, how did it start? It was like right before he came back to his ship. Being he torn was coming apart. back to his ship and he got yeah, ambushed by Trandoshans. Right. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. uh, they were they had the tracking fobs to the track fob, Baby Yoda as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, the scene where they were on what's it called the Jawer uh, like Navarro? he called it. Uh, no, he's talking about the sand crawler. They right. he called it like the walking uh, something. Yeah, it's like a moving city. No, it's a they're called land crawlers. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That sand whole... crawlers, land crawlers, yeah, sand, sand, crawlers. sand crawlers. Sand crawlers. Yeah. That whole scene was pretty mm -hmm. awesome. That was. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Even when he's like climbing up the side, I was like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What is this? This is crazy. Yeah, and I thought it was cool. Like, it was a good way to introduce us to some more major action for our Mandalorian. So, <laughs> Man, the action needs... scenes are great. Action scenes are absolutely beautiful. Absolutely great. <laughs> Plus, when he was climbing up the side of the sand crawler, it mirrored Lego Star Wars Complete Saga. Yeah, <laughs> it, did, it, did. it did, it did. It's all connected. level where you have to, like, climb up the sand crawler in Tatooine. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, what? God, the memories. And it even reminds, it reminds me a lot of just, yes, this is the we're not too far off from the original trilogy this is what mm. this is one part of the original trilogy that people remember it'll be even if you didn't really watch star wars you'd be just like oh hey i know that thing that was in the first movie mm. you know it, yeah. it's it's a good it's a good way another like subtle nod to like yes you're still in the star wars universe but it's a little different yeah. than you remember yeah it, uh him what what's the moisture farmer's name again i keep forgetting Quill. 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 Oh, yeah. so he was he was cool how they uh, he helped him like barter with uh, the Jawas because mm -hmm. I thought that was like what do you think of his character there like kind of leading like Mando into being like a negotiator? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. In all realism, though, <laughs> Mandalorians aren't gonna be negotiators. Uh, no, even because yeah, he doesn't but... put down his weapons. Weapons mm -hmm. is part of his religion. Yeah, but he did put it down. Yeah, he I wanted to get to. his parts back. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the only reason why. And that's yeah. because he still had fire on his wrists. And Quill, yeah. and Quill convinced him to take it in the first yeah. place. He wouldn't have. So, like, you know. He would have just given I think, it I think he's go. a good mentor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He helped him, like, learn. You think Mando is, like, a true bounty hunter? Because he, he feels very, like, not more as morally ambiguous as the others. I feel like he kind of leans very, like, on the side of good. And I. I just wondering what your thoughts are on this. I feel like he does what's good for the Mandalorians as a whole. Yeah. And then, like, with, and like, I'm assuming you're uh, referring to him saving Baby Yoda. Yeah. And not killing it. It's mostly, I, in my imagination, I imagine it's mostly because it's be, it's because blah, blah, blah. It's mostly Ooh. due to the fact that he, uh, sees himself in the child because he was orphaned at a young oh, age. Oh, right. Yeah. They keep coming back. So, yeah, it was a. It wasn't necessarily a moment of weakness so much as it was just him seeing himself in the child and wanting to protect <laughs> another life form from that kind of life that he had to lead. Mm -hmm. I thought episode four was really neat, yeah, showing all that with the uh, 
Baby Yoda playing with the other kids and stuff. Mm -hmm. I really liked episode four because they haven't really explored. Oh, like the small. It, yeah, they haven't really explored life. just small back, town back farmers. Yeah, just backwater, backwater planets. That was yeah. <laughs> Even with the old Imperial Walker they had. Oh, that was that was a great like that, that was whole, a whole great that sequence. whole plot point yeah, was, that like, was really, really nice. And I really liked the fact how they kind of characterized the ATST as like a T Rex from like Jurassic Park, just <laughs> yeah. the way it moved. Yeah. That was like. It was awesome. I like. I, I loved it. I liked when it didn't like fall for the trick like the first time. It was yeah. like, yeah. it was just kind of looked down. Like, just, it like tapped his foot. Back. <laughs> On, I, I, that whole sequence reminds me of like, what what was that movie? The one where they like prepare the town for like a barrage of enemies. Jurassic Park. No, it's like a western. Oh, you're talking about Magnificent Seven. Yeah. Oh. Oh yeah. It's I like mean that kind of thing where it was like the town prepares for something. Mm. Yeah, we talked about this. It's like ba like the Mandalorian's like based off of like westerns. Oh yeah, 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 definitely yeah, yeah. is. Spaghetti so that, western. That scene was definitely probably inspired by something like that. Movie. I think that's kind of like a Mandalorian thing though. Like they're kind of just like outlaws that kind of run for themselves and their clan. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, Mandalorians are space. Space cowboys. cowboys. Space cowboys. cowboys. Yeah, space cowboys. And I feel like that lends itself to being like a monster of the week. Like, it kind of turns it into like a monster of the week show, I feel. Uh, I think you said that in one of the first episodes, Pablo. Do you feel like it continues that trend of being a monster of the week show? Um, I guess, but one of the things is like with the monster of the week shows is it's always like there's really no cohesive story. It's mm. There are their own stories, and one doesn't really have an effect on another. But then, like, in The Mandalorian, everything he does is for a specific reason, and each yeah. experience he has while we see him is something that we basically know happened previously, and he remembers happened mm -hmm. previously. So, like, he, he learns from it. So it's not, like, so much as... Because with, with those... With those uh, weekly monster movies or TV shows, it's always you know some guy in a mask sometimes, or like r very rarely is an actual monster. Yeah. But um, I guess in like referring to Scooby Doo and whatever. But um, I don't know. It just feels like a lot more cohesive, and it feels like the villains are a lot more realistic when yeah. it comes to that. So. I well, what about the, I don't know what they were, the, like, the pillaging aliens and, uh, the fourth episode were kind of, like, they didn't have a lot of character to them. No, they were just kind of there for, as a, almost, mm, I guess you'd just call them a plot device, just so Mandalorian mm. could, like, quote-unquote, save the village. Mm -hmm. And it gave him a chance to have a life with someone that, you know, it would have basically, it basically gave him a point and uh, like a crossroads where he could decide whether or not he was going to um, be either the Mandalorian that he is, that he is and he was trained to do, be, or he could drop it all and just live a peaceful life. <laughs> when and, the oh, I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt. No, go ahead, go ahead. When the one woman uh, that he was like, I guess implied to be intrigued with, uh, came up and tried to touch his helmet. I thought he was gonna like punch her or something. It seemed very tense at the moment. See, that's what <laughs> the funny thing. It is tense. Yeah, because like they're like they don't take them off, and, and once they do, like uh, well, take them off to eat. well, they do like, take them off. But to eat, but like like all the other Mandalorians you've, you've seen in the Star Wars universe took them off except true. for Boba Fett. Isn't the Boba Fett doesn't wear in the well, prequels? Wait, mm, yeah, in the prequels when he's like a kid. Not a Mandalorian, is he? Boba Fett. He's technically a Mandalorian. Django's not, though. 
Django, Django was. Django definitely was. was. What? Dave Filoni said he wasn't. Django <laughs> Fett was 100% a Mandalorian. Okay. Well, he wasn't from Mandalore, but he was trained by Mandalorians. Okay, so same thing as. <laughs> so he was pretty much a Mandalorian. Okay. And um, Boba Fett, you got to remember in the old in the old trilogy, or sorry, in the expanded universe, um, Boba Fett actually became Mandalore at yeah, one point, leader. which is <laughs> yeah, the meter. Yeah, the leader. The confusing. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Mandalore. Mandalore. Star was confusing us, but that's all right. <laughs> yep. That's all right. But yeah, so. It's not so much that... I think it depends which clan you go to, because some clans don't remove their helmets and other clans do just randomly. Oh, that's oh, true. So I didn't yeah. think about that, with each clan having their own separate rules. Yeah. Because I don't think they all follow. Because, like, even in the, even in the original trilogy, or even in the old uh, Expanded Universe, like, if you ever played the game Star Wars, you'll mm-hmm. like, a lot of the Mandalorians do take off their helmets a lot of the time. So, I guess it just depends, really, I think. And it might also have to do with, like, your ranking inside the clan. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is very true. I didn't even think about that until now. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. What's the woman? Uh, sh- the w- female uh, Mandalorian that, like, keeps... Gave him the oh, the, the, the forger? No, oh, yeah. the forger. The forger, yeah. What, yeah. What's her role? I think she's kind of just, like, a catalyst for the Mando's growth. Because, mm-hmm. like, for the most part, he... He just seems like a little bit lost a lot of the time, and then <laughs> when it comes to uh, like, w- and when it comes to like the uh, just why he's with the Mandalorians and whatever, I feel like she's a good like representation as to why, because like whenever she's forging he- the armor, we get more flashbacks as to like when he became when he basically became a Mandalorian. Mm, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I think it was episode three when uh, the Mandalorian he accepted the Imperial. Money credits. The best car, yeah. The best car. Yeah, and um, the other Mandalorian started a fight with him, and she heavy. she was the one to stop it. Yeah. Is that oh, his yeah, name, yeah. Heavy? Uh, I don't Paz. think that's his name. Paz Vizsla. As? Paz P A Z P A Z. Okay, sorry. Paz Vizsla. Yeah. <laughs> so he's Clan Vizsla. <laughs> no. No. Oh. So he's technically related to the. Vizsla from the Old Republic, but not Death Watch Vizsla. Right, right, right. Well, technically speaking, that's all one clan. It's just you don't necessarily have to be related to everybody in that clan. Okay. And for s- those who don't know who the Old Republic one is, would you like to explain to them who that is? She <laughs> I, think, I think you can, because I don't really know okay. the Old Republic. <laughs> so, in the Old Republic, which was thousands of years before any of the movies mm. came out in the Star Wars universe, there was a... The Mandalorians didn't actually have a... a man, didn't, weren't on Mandalore yet. Um, Mandalore yeah. was actually just a planet that they found and took over and basically named as their home planet. Mm-hmm. But before that, they were um, they were allied with the um, the, uh, the Eternal Empire, which was uh, the basically opposite of the Republic, and it was run by Sith. Basically, at this time, there was more Sith than you can count. Yeah, it's and in the world too. Yeah, so um, uh, the Mandalorians basically traveled from world to world and just did their own thing. And to be inducted, you have to do this thing called the Great Hunt. And if you won the Great Hunt, you'd be inducted into their ranks as a Mandalorian. And Shea Vizsla was one of the most prominent um, uh, Mandalorians during that time because she helped uh, the she helped the Sith sack the sack the Republic capital of Coruscant and the Jedi Temple, mm-hmm. which was a very interesting. Um, whole story thing so yeah 
That's cool. I like we got like a big Star Wars history like dump right there. Yeah, that's kind of yeah, yeah. Well, that's just like <laughs> a small. That's like a small. Like there's like a like there's a long story there that yeah. oh, wow. I could go into that I really don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that's cool. That was a segment. Star Wars history facts with Paul. <laughs> well. I, I like how it, it shows how deep the Mandalorian gets into the, the actual lore. I feel like that helps mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. keep the series fans along with like the casual viewers. I feel like that's yeah. one thing Mandalorian can do. Like like you were saying last episode that um, like a lot of your family watches it too. Or was that was that you or Drew? Uh, it was us. Well, Our family watches yeah. it, and then Drew said he got his family into it. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like it's easy for like a casual viewer too. Like, would you? I would agree. Yeah. I would also agree. I'm, yeah, like, I'm not very, like, not as extreme as uh, Pavel, but I know my, like, a little bit, so I don't know if I consider myself a casual viewer. I'm, like, intermediate. I'm not <laughs> sure if I should take offense to what you just said or not. I'm just saying you know a lot about Star Wars. Sure. <laughs> sure you, you are. You can't You can't say I'm wrong, because I'm I didn't not. say you're wrong. I'm just not sure whether or not you, I should take that as a threat you, or a compliment. It, you, what was I saying? You, I, you, I forgot what I was saying. Oh, yeah, right. I wasn't. Viewer, I wasn't like you know. Pavel was like hardcore. super excited about the show, and like I was like, it looks cool. And it took me a bit to watch it. I don't know if I said that before, but it took me like a few days for me to actually like get to mm-hmm. like watch. And I did that for like a while for like the other episodes as well. But, yeah, like, it's a good show, and uh, I think people who like aren't like super into it like yourself um yeah yeah <laughs> they would enjoy it so it's like a they managed to do a, like a broad audience somehow mm-hmm. yeah, yeah somehow they somehow. do it because <laughs> like for the most part unless you like even boba fett like it's a very obscure part of star wars like if you didn't like care about like learning more about boba fett mm-hmm. like you would all the person would think of is just oh hey that guy has a helmet that kind of looks like boba fett does that mean he's a boba fett oh, God. <laughs> yeah but like i feel that this fett. is definitely putting a this is definitely putting a very good light on the characters that otherwise wouldn't have really gotten anything because they're kind of obscure Mm-hmm. And like you have to really care um, yeah. if you want to find out about them. But like now doing it like this definitely fleshes out the Star Wars universe. But it also um, gives old fans something to watch that has nods to things that they would know about. Yeah, although it does feel like uh, like the drawers and everything like that. If that while they are like a nice trip down memory lane, do you think revisiting it feels recycled at all? Um. I don't feel it's recycled. I feel it's more of new system stuff because even in the merchandise, they're not called just normal Jawas. They're called off-world Jawas, and they have like darker cloaks, which I guess I didn't notice and, that. And they have it's very slight difference, but a difference <laughs> enough to see that oh, they're still different, Jawas. They're different. They're different. They're different. I swear. <laughs> no, but I, I agree with Ellis. Like. In the original trilogy and on New Hope, you, you kind of just think of them as droid peddlers and whatever. Like, oh, they just, you know, get droids and sell them. But if you knew more about Star Wars lore and stuff, like, they're really just scavengers. They'll scavenge pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. And which is why I feel like 
I'm I kind of I'm glad that they brought the Jawas back in because it gives us more of an idea like oh these guys aren't the cute cuddly things that we would think of no no mm -hmm. no 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 mm -hmm. they're they're like really really not no Suga Suga <laughs> from like Suga. from like a logical standpoint uh the they they like they're everywhere like that's a common thing and if you were to be like Put into this world you're bound to see them like it's not they're just they're just like a one thing occurrence yeah, like I they agree. are common to see when you're yeah. out in areas like that because they scavenge is what they do mm -hmm. so, probably just know. like vultures in yeah america so it like makes just sense. vultures just <laughs> they're just vibing yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> i like what ellis said about the, the different colors it reminds me of i don't know if anybody cares about dragon ball but in the first episode that vegeta appears in uh he has like a different color his hair is the wrong color and his suit's the wrong color <laughs> and they released a funko pop that's like it's worth like two thousand dollars now of the oh, miss the, like the, the miscolored yeah. vegeta yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, that's cool but that's pretty funny do you want to see like more new locate do you feel like there should be more new locations or ideas uh introduced to mandalorian because like like what do you mean like do you feel like it's mostly treading on old territory do you think it's exploring enough new stuff or, you know? Well, I mean, I think that in order, because this is like the first season, you know, they're just starting out. Yeah. I think that they should, you know, ease in the people to the world instead of just like jumping into new things and new stuff. Because not like you know, if there's people who casually watch the show and they've watched the trilogy, so like they know these things, and it's easier to sink someone in and then like go to like new locations and do different things, mm -hmm. so that they're like yeah okay i can tell that this is the same like universe like this, this is all connected like that kind of thing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i i i don't think that they've like treaded back too much i feel like it's a little bit of both i feel like they're kind of just treading on like a middle ground where there's a lot mm -hmm. of um stuff that people will remember but there's a lot of stuff that's brand new that's really interesting so it's not like you're leaning one way or the other i feel like you've got a good balance and like it's a good balance that they have right now and it, it's not like, oh, well, I don't even need to watch this episode because I already know everything about it because it was something that had to do with the original trilogy or it was something that happens in the sequels later on. But at the same time, it's like, oh, wait, that droid, it looks like the one on Vader's ship on ep in episode five. I know what kind of droid that is. Maybe you don't know the name, but you've seen the droid before. It's familiar, but mm. it's at the same time different. Yeah, which is what I feel, a, which is a good representation of how this series is. Yeah, you know, I think I'm gonna take this to the hot take, which actually is an actual hot take I heard in person. Ooh. I was in my AP SAT class when a ginger kid said, "The ginger <laughs> kid." <laughs> of course. Was it? Was it? Uh, was, it uh, was it Danny Grozinski? No, he's like a freshman. Oh, okay. oh no, no. He was like, okay. He said, the Mandalorian doesn't talk enough in the show. That was like his big complaint. And I was like, what? There is a bit of a lack of dialogue in most. But like from in general, not just from him. I feel like it's. So what are your thoughts on that hot take? That is complete and an utter lie. <laughs> the whole point of Mandalorians is that their actions speak talk. louder than their words. Exactly. Like, <laughs> you want to talk about someone who doesn't speak a lot? Boba Fett was, in, was like one of the biggest points in episode five. And yeah. people were like 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 screaming about him like when he first was shown mm -hmm. like how and like obviously his character warranted enough of enough of hype of enough of hype that where it was like oh 
this is what kind of person he is. This is what he is. This is where he's from and like stuff like that. And it's not like he said much. He said what? Two or three things? And he showed up in yeah. two movies and he barely said I could count what Boba Fett said on a single hand, I think. <laughs> yeah, there's no good to be there's no good to be dead. dead. Did he say like yes sir to Vader? Um, or yes, as my you lord? Wish. As, as you wish. wish. And he said like he sarcastic. Screams. I remember. He screams. <laughs> he screams. And I think that's it. Yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> yeah. And he was still a character that people really enjoyed. Just because you don't talk a lot doesn't mean that you're not a good character. Yeah, you don't need to have lots of complex and, and thrilling mm -hmm. lines to be simply a really cool character. And like the whole thing with Mandalorians is that they're supposed to be somewhat, you know, mm -hmm. um, just legendary. They're like legendary soldiers that people just see and don't really know too much about. Because like another thing is like, um, what's his name? The uh, disgraced Baron who was given away the bounties. Oh, uh, from this episode? From just in general. Yeah. Grief, yeah. That is. Grief, yeah, grief. Yeah. So, grief, uh, like, the way he said it is like, you're Mandalorian, you're hard, like, I forget exactly what the line was, but basically it was like, yeah, Mandalorians are hard to come by these days, and like, they're mm -hmm. really, it just... And then it cuts to the episode, I mean, it cuts to the way all the Mandalorians are. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, yeah well, but the, whole thing, but the whole thing is like, because of the Great Purge, which is where the Empire basically yeah. said, um, the, well, the Empire basically destroyed all of Mandalore and all the Mandalorians. It was basically like they had to go into hiding, otherwise the um, Empire would have hunted them down and killed mm -hmm. them. Like, it made sense as to why they're so legendary, but there's still so many. Or yeah. Even that, even that, it's like, it's not really that many. The coven, the coven that the Mandalorians are in, like, sure, it seems like there's a lot of Mandalorians, but you gotta remember, yeah. this is an entire galaxy. And yeah. it's not just this one small town where it's like oh yeah mandalorians yeah i mm. i see them all the time no it's not like that because a lot yeah. of times people are asking like do you really do this or do you really do that like it really depends how it, how you how much how close you are to how often you've seen them because mm -hmm. and even then like a lot of people who see mandalorians in action usually aren't alive that long to yeah. speak oh. about it so and, and like there have been many things where the movie or show is like a silent show and there's like no speaking and they still have like really great characters that don't talk at all and they're complex and you know like you can enjoy them and appreciate them as a character charlie chaplin there you go charlie chaplin <laughs> sure, why not? good example <laughs> cough cough hodor yeah i very love i really love hodor's just moving moving <laughs> like oh my gosh his dialogue is so good like when he said Hodor that one time, oh my god, I felt that on my- I felt that, like, oh my god. Like, you don't even know. Oh, people like Chewbacca, and like, he yeah, doesn't speak what, any yeah, that is Chewbacca's true. like a Real fan favorite, and what does he R2. say? R2. <laughs> yeah, R2 doesn't say anything. Like, they have their own language, so. Yeah. It's, it, yeah, but they're like, yeah, they're, yeah. they're just chilling. You don't know what they're saying. They, no. can, they can be saying chilling. anything, and they'd be like, yeah, oh my god, R2, you would know. Mm -hmm. so, you know? Is it an actual language? Can you actually like translate it? You could, I mean, if you yeah. tried. I mean, there is. Droid speak is something that is uh, translatable. But what about? I don't really know it. Kashyyyk, probably. Yeah, Kashyyyk. Er, the the, the, the Wookiee. I don't know. The Wookiee language is very much uh, translatable, and like the stuff, the writing that you see in Star Wars is really much is pretty much just our alphabet, but done in a different way. It's huh. called common in Star Wars. Yeah, I know that. 
Um, <laughs> it's D&D. Yeah, it's kind of like D&D. Yeah, it's called common. It is kind of like D&D. But um, anyway, the uh, whole point is like, yes, there's a few things that are the same, but there's some things that are different, which is something we talked about earlier. Anyway. Anyway, what? <laughs> no, it's just like, let's just keep like going. Because transition. I don't wanna... <laughs> yeah, no. Anyway, because like we, 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 we were really on that for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Well, ladies, gentlemen, and Star Wars fans, we're at the end of our fourth episode of Pop Culture Shock. I've had... Third? Did fourth? I say fourth? Yeah. Said fourth. This says Three. second. I'm not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> the script says second. I was like, no, oh, this is the wrong one. No. no. I've had a blast recording, and I'm excited to talk about the last few episodes of the first season of The Mandalorian and Pop Culture Shock, episode four. <laughs> Stay tuned for next time, but until then, may the force be with you, and isn't Baby Yoda cute, guys? Yes, 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 but, yes, yes. but, no, but, no, what do you mean, but? No, 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 no